In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. What do Jerry Jones and Georgia Tech have to do with each other? How have sports sponsorships evolved and changed? Why would Smoothie King sponsor a stadium in New Orleans? Not why you think. All that and more today on Marketing Mad Men. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the Marketing Mad Men with Nick Constantino and Trip Joe. Hello and welcome to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 and in podcast form. Uh, today we are continuing our, our current segments where we're going, we're going through different forms of, uh, so, of marketing and advertising. We've been through everything from LinkedIn to radio. We've done some digital. We've done some SEO. Uh, now we're going to venture into one of my favorite sweet spots, and we're going to talk sports marketing, uh, sponsorship, and I think it extends itself pretty much to live music also. So with some of my experience at Live Nation and in sports radio and a uh, special guest we're going to introduce soon, um, I think we're going to have a great conversation about a topic that uh, I can continue continues to grow, continues to get sexier, and I think continues to evolve. Um, so before I do, before I introduce JP, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the relationship between Dickey Broadcasting Company and Legends and Georgia Tech. Um, so we are, at its core, the flagship radio station uh, of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Um, we air their basketball games, their football games, but really we are ambassadors of the institution. Um, we have been for quite some time. It's a very proud thing that we're able to carry this logo, um, but it is also pretty unique um, in just how we go about it. Um, so it, it's important to understand that we are um, ambassadors of the brand. We put together their football network. Um, we hire some of the on-the-ground guys. We have our very own Joe Hamilton that called plays for the first time this year. Uh, so it is a pretty intricate partnership, uh, a lot of stuff involved, from intellectual property to um, the networks, the tech, the, the, all the different things that go into making it. And it is much more complex than I think people um, really know. Um, so without further ado, uh, I'd like to introduce uh, JP from The Legends, and I want him talk through his title, what he does, and kind of how they work with the institution. JP, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Uh, yeah, you know this is uh, this is exciting, exciting to be here. And I think you touched on it um, in the intro. Is that Dickey Broadcasting and, and Legends and Tech? We don't see it as three entities, really. We see it as one, and that's really important to us, right? And uh, um, we're we're all steering and 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 swimming in the same direction for the ultimate goal is uh, to have on air success, business success, sure. and just have a great product, right? Sure. And I think that's what. Um, brought legends to Atlanta and interested in having a relationship with Georgia Tech because of its uniqueness. For sure, for it's, sure. It's a first. And and honestly like the more every time I'm down there, the city in the background, that stadium, 30, 40,000 people. I mean, you just don't get institutions in cities like that of that size and scale, uh, especially with all of the tech that is in this town. It is really quite an experience that is unmatched in other places. When I went to University of Maryland, we were close, but we were 6 miles from DC. So you were close, but you were not there. You were on a train ride away, but you were not sitting in the middle of a sunset day in 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 in, in Atlanta. Atlanta in one of the greatest 
cities in this country right now. It's it's an amazing product. So um, you mentioned Legends. Talk a little bit about Legends. Talk about how it started. Talk about how it filled a gap kind of in um, sports sponsorships and, and how it fits in with those competitors in that space. Great. Well, you know, Legends is uh, started with, uh, with Mr. Jerry Jones with the Cowboys. Uh, I think when uh, you own a major sports franchise, you know, it's it's not just the product on the field. It's the product out, uh, outside the field and the parking lots and the food and the concessions. And I think he had a vision of trying to make a better model. So when you know the, people are spending a lot of money. Right, a family of four coming to a game. It's an investment. You sure. want it to be the best experience they can have, and that's from everything. So, uh, figuring out a model of of catering concessions, what could that look like to really bring up the value of the entire experience? And he did it. Yeah. And then when he saw that, and other teams saw that, even rivals on the field, they said, "Wow." We'd like to, you know, see what you're doing and how can we get involved. And the Steinbrenner family of the Yankees got involved and partnered up, and uh, then it's just exploded. So if if you do one thing really good and your peers are seeing that, I think it, it gives you confidence, but also with the resources to go and say, hey, we have a model for sponsorship, we have a model for ticketing, we have a model for. Um, capital gifts if it's at the collegiate level and that's how it's just how it is expanded to now it's truly a, a global company that's reaching not just professional teams and collegiate teams but overseas across the pond and big big sporting events are coming to legends and we're having conversations and official relationships and not just sports but taking our model of how to be as you know this essentially an extension of their marketing right to create revenue opportunities and right if we can do that then we all win right you gotta you gotta always think in mind of the, and the end consumer you know the, you got to think in line of the institution and then you got to think in line of the, the client whoever the client is and usually the best sponsorships fulfill all three of those um, and usually those are the ones those are easiest renew you, those are the ones where price isn't always a sensitivity right if you can find one that really does well for the institution uh, for the students for the for everybody then that's going to be a partnership that usually extends the longest so in my experience um, you got this great national platform right so just quickly rattle off some of the other institutions that legends uh, c- covers or does sponsor for just to give that sense of scale. Sure, on the collegiate level, in the partnerships, we have a, a, an agreement with a, a relationship with Notre Dame. Okay, also with University of Miami. Okay, and you know you hear legends and people know about it and they hear who our owners are and yep. they think this global company, which it is. But what makes it incredibly, I find, enjoyable to come here and me being a team guy forever and coming to an agency is I, I still have the feel of a boutique. So it is not um, a an area that we go out and just try to grab as many properties as we can or many as opportunities. It's going to have to fit. So on the collegiate level, we've kept it uh, pretty uh, narrow in the forms of partnerships. We're going to grow it, but we're going to be selective on the ones that we're going to try to to start those relationships with. And that's the part I think that clients uh, really appreciate. Yeah, I believe because that boutiqueness is we're fully a. Uh, a our attention is fully on this property here 
now. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that's what I was kind of leading to is talk about Georgia Tech. So talk about how you guys approach this as its its entity. I mean, really you're you're you know, you told me you're you're right next to the AD. You're you're with these guys. You're amongst these guys. And I think that's so important because ultimately and every school is different, right? But Georgia Tech is a technological institute, right? So, you know, where does the athletic program you don't know, but all you know is is that if you're not embedded in that institution from the top to bottom, then you're not going to best represent it. So talk about tech. Talk about how you guys are structured to be an extension of the institution. Well, geez, I, I can talk about tech all day long, and, and I'll be honest. Be, you know, be, I didn't know too much about it growing up. I growing up in New England, I knew about basketball. I knew about Travis Best and Kenny Anderson, right? And that, yep. that's how I knew. And then when we began talks with them about potential partnership, it's like, oh my goodness, this is a Power Five school, one of the biggest and best top ranked research institutes in the world. And these student athletes, there's no shortcuts. So they are building professionals for the future on and off the field that is unlike anything. And you said it. It's a Power 5 school in the middle of one of the biggest cities in the world. And you look up and you see all these brands. And most of those brands have Georgia Tech people in them. So it's bigger than sports. It's bigger than athletics. And how do we bring the Institute Athletics Development Research all together to create first, and that's important, and we think this is the perfect property to do so because it is unlike anything else. Yeah, and I think one of the really crazy things about college, and even college football we could talk about, just the history, just the legacy behind it, the hundreds of years of just, you know, some of the old pictures, and imagine what Atlanta looked like back then. I mean, you know, the rambling wreck, the just the whole thing, the pageantry that goes along with it, I think, you know, it is lost on a lot of people, and I think tech um, has one of those really storied histories that I think connecting with the history is part of the future also, and that when you talk about sponsorships and you talk about marketing, you know, everyone wants to think about the right now, but... But, you know, it's it's also connecting that history and, and to, to look towards the future, um, which I think was what always attracted me to the product. And, you know, it's not to criticize any other schools, um, but there's a difference between being in a tiny town off the highway than there is being in the cultural hub of the center of a city like we are. So, um so l- let's talk a little bit about what you guys do. So obviously sports sponsorships are a part of it, but ticket sales and merchandising. Talk about all the different wings you have, extensions you have with the university. Yeah, and I think that word extension is, is a perfect uh, way to put it, is that w- we come in as, as partners, um, multimedia rights, of course, and that extends through corporate partnerships, uh, our relationship with you all, which is very sure. exciting, but uh, into tickets. So... Really giving our expertise and our data and our, I think, our, our mass of resources to create the best ticketing models for Georgia Tech Athletics, right? And, and really, really diving deep, and we're very proud of what we do behind the scenes of the data and where are those fans, you know, what can they afford? What are they looking for? And then extending into fundraising. On the athletic fund, and as people know, the Tharp Fund is is incredibly famous, um, historic, sure, and is the backbone of supporting athletics. And if we can help um, extend and enhance the approach to create more revenue for there, then we're going to do it. Uh, sprinkle in overseeing the merchandise, which is something sure. we do for you know if it's the pro organizations or collegiate or some governing bodies. If we can do that and bring it to a 
tech way that is very innovative and build that, that's what we're here to do. Yeah, that's great. And I think when we get back from the break, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about the market in general and just kind of historical parts of sports sponsorships. Um, but talk a little bit about the data. So tell me some things that you've realized about those Georgia Tech fans. Who, who are they? I mean, obviously, we, we know the prestige of the institution when you graduate. Um, you know, the joke was always when they were talking about Georgia versus Georgia Tech, the Georgia guys were always working for the tech guys. Um, so besides that, you know, anecdotal, uh, that anecdote, talk a little bit about what you know about that audience. Passionate. Um, just dripping with nostalgia, with history, with pride. And they know, they, like you said, they are different. They know what it takes to, and what a term I learned, hey, when'd you get out? So, and, and, and I, like prison, I, at goodness. first I was like, what is that? <laughs> but it's like, hey, you've made it through your experience at tech and you've gotten that degree. And the fans, I really feel are, are, are record proof. And that's why if you look at Bobby Dodd Stadium, a historic older stadium, the fans are going to come, but that old stadium just going to need some help in yeah. some areas yeah. because those fans will keep on coming and the more amenities you can build for them, right. they're going to be supporting it through the good times, through the bad times. And now with the new start with our new football coach, I think the greatest time's coming ahead of us. For sure. And I'm looking forward to those great times. So after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the industry itself. You are listening to The Marketing Mad Men. Don't miss the 10 for $10 produce sale this week at Safeway. Get select produce like large Haas avocados, mangoes, cucumbers, large lemons, green, red, or yellow bell peppers, or 16-ounce bags of Signature Farms baby peeled carrots for only a dollar each. Also this week at Safeway, select meats or buy one, get one free. Get items like Signature Farms 80% lean ground beef or 16-ounce containers of Jenny O 93% lean ground turkey, burger patties or Italian-style or taco-style ground turkey. Buy one, get one free. Visit Safeway.com for more great deals. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Before the break, we were talking a little bit about Georgia Tech, the institution, and kind of JP's experience there, what it's been like. Uh, we're going to leave tech. We're going to talk a little bit more broadly about the industry now because sports sponsorships have evolved immensely over the past 10, 15 years. And as the valuations of the teams go up, uh, my goodness, did you see the Suns? $3 billion for the Phoenix Suns. Unbelievable. I, and, I, and I don't even want to call small town because Phoenix is not a small city, but uh, nowhere near the legacy of some of these bigger teams and three billion dollars more the clippers went for two billion i think eight years ago nine years ago three billion dollars and if you saw some of the names that were attached to that um my goodness gracious I, the qatari sovereign wealth fund was attached to that um it, it really is absolutely unbelievable and i think as the valuations grow up sports marketing obviously has to follow those valuations right if if the teams are worth more and more but the teams are bringing less and less sponsorship that math doesn't add up um so you know talk about uh, JP, in the past 10 years, 15 years, what have you seen as far as the evolution goes wh from where we started with just the beginning of these naming rights deals to now the augmented reality that's coming along with them and how you drive engagement and how this all comes together? So give us a little breakdown. Start with your history in the industry and talk about what you've seen as the biggest changes. Wow. So many changes. It seems like it's every day, to be honest with you. I can tell you that when I started, and I don't know if it's a testament of me just being old at this point, but... It was a big sign. It was a big sign, and hey, how many eyeballs? Or and maybe a little ego to the oh, yeah. to those companies. And now it's not about the sign; it's about recruiting people for the product. And how? What's the data showing behind that? Because 
what segment are do we need to focus on? Where do we need to pivot? And you know what? Those three letters, ROI, return on investment, and how can you show that? And it's recruitment. And companies are less and less concerned about just that physical, oh, I see that they're there, more of, oh, this is what the 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 science behind our marketing platform with a sports team has delivered us in ROI. And to, to really make it basic, money. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you said it. And, and I think the first party data that comes along with these teams is really what's led that revolution, right? I mean, when you have somebody buy tickets, now the amount of data points you're getting on that person, where they live, where they come from, what they spend, everything tries to be in an app. You have all these RFIDs. You're, everything you're trying to do is keep them in your ecosystem so you know better about them so you can predict future behavior, right? And I think because you have first party data, because you own that data, um, it, it, it's helping drive the, understand the consumer's behavior. You know, one of the things I remember, we've made a career out of exactly what you're talking about, saying, look, it's it, you just bought a, a $20 million billboard. Like, what are you going to do with it? Um, what's the activation? And one of the things that's really important, I think that's changed is companies don't just budget to have their, their name on a billboard. They budget now to have activation, to expand their dollars, to make sure that they have intellectual property rights that follow to social media. Now influencers and NIL come into this. Um, and I think as the space gets more complicated, and by complicated, I mean there's more people out with their hands out asking for a cut, and there's more agencies and more things involved, um, I think it really is important um, to really understand what your intentions are of sports marketing, what you're trying to accomplish, and then how to work with the right partner to get it done. Because just putting your name on there is not the same anymore. Especially, I mean, man, if you look at the outfield and the Braves, there's 50 50 sponsors there. How are you differentiating yourself from those 50 sponsors? I mean, there's four banks. What's the difference between a credit union and a bank? You just got to really, these are all important things to think through. Um, so talk a little bit about um, you know specifics, right? So so talk about some time in New Orleans, sure. and you're talking about heritage brands, the Saints, the Pelicans, obviously not, nowhere near the, the the pedigree behind it. But talk a little bit about that because I think pro football really was the one that really led the led the ground on this, and they're the ones who really people were trying to follow as to how they did sponsorship. That's great. I, I you know I had the 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 fortune of of coming to New Orleans eight months after Katrina, and that was just a different time and. Uh, uh, the pride of the city and the businesses, not just locally but nationally, really came in to to really make sure that the Saints came back in a, in a strong way, right? In a, in a way that they can never question them leaving again, and they're going to be they're going to be there forever. And back then, it was different. It was what we talked about. It was I want to see my my name in the Superdome. I want people to know that I have the IP rights, and I'm the official chicken. I'm the official this of the New Orleans Saints. And that was important. And so, you know, that's always been there, the the relationship between a brand and the brand of a team. And we were able to build – and li- listen, the reality is this, is winning on the field always helps. And it makes our job a lot easier. For sure. And uh, um, civic pride and uh, that good feeling only takes you so far. But if you're not winning – and, you're, and companies aren't seeing what the brand is doing for them, then sports marketing budgets, everybody, is the first thing to be cut. I believe And it. that is the challenge we, we have in our business because how many times do we hear, we'd love to partner with X, but you know what? We're, we're, maybe our numbers aren't as good as last year, so the first thing that, you know, my budget in sports marketing got cut. 
So you better be ready to be creative. Uh, For sure. And then we saw that, right? And it, it becomes, when I started, it was a football game, right? It was a football game. You go, you park, you tailgate, you watch the game, you leave. No, now it's 365 days. It was the evolution of the NFL being broken up that way of preseason, offseason, preseason, regular season, postseason. And the NFL did a great job and the teams as well of saying we can market to companies who can take ownership, not just for those 16, now 17 weeks of football, but everything else. Because especially I'm sitting in this place here. Uh, you know, in, in Dickie Broadcasting, content is king. Content is king. And yeah. that's how it's really evolved. I think that's a great point. You think about, we talk about the sports calendar. I always have people ask all the time, when's your slow time? Well, they've gotten rid of the slow time. It doesn't exist. If you look at the sports calendar, it is built so that there's something, always something going on between the way they extended the college football playoffs and goodness knows what that's going to look like now that you've added teams and when is that going to go to? And then you got the Super Bowl and then all of a sudden the Super Bowl, there might be two weeks in February, you're down and then all of a sudden pitchers and catchers report for baseball. Um, so it really has. And, and, you know, even think about how they've snuck a lot of that, uh, the sponsorships into video games and you play in Madden and you see these billboards up for State Farm Stadium and, and just, so I think that they have rounded it out. And I think, you know, one of the things you talked about previously, just that, let's call it the championship tax uh, on how, you know, that price goes up all of a sudden when you win a championship. And the reason it goes up is because if you don't, then the price goes down. So really those market fluctuations are based on a lot of things. I think teams moving always helps, right? You get the sexiness of a new stadium. But like you said, even those things, let's talk about the Falcons, man. You want to talk about wearing your welcome. Those, those PSLs that they sold, they sold so many of them. They did such a great job hard times on the team and people are just angry that they're paying these ticket prices to go to the stadium and man there's nothing quite like Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I mean, I haven't been to Jerry World yet, but just looking at the stadium and, and just even the gigantic Falcon and how the roof opens, the amount of time and thought that was put into that. Um, but again, it, it, it wears off. If you don't have that winning product and it don't, you don't have that, uh, that pedigree, then it, it wears off. Now, let's look at the other side. You know, someone like the Braves have been good for now six years in a row with, with the trajectory looking forward. What does it look like? So I think that uh, the more heritage and, and, and brand you have like tech, the less important those new stadiums and anemones become, but it's just keeping up with the times, right? It, you don't want is. Fenway Park to be redone. Like, just put it that way. You don't want to see it redone. Breaking down Yankee Stadium was almost like, what What just happened here? You know, you, you make a good point. Um, you don't want to lose the heritage, but you really have to realize that fans want more. And they do want the amenities because with your tablet, with your home studios, you know, there's people who have already made that decision. I'm going to watch this on my couch and I'm going to be able to walk to my kitchen or order food and I'm not bothered by anything. So to keep the fans coming, you better create an environment that touches everyone in your family, that makes it easy. But also it's what the Falcons and, and, and Steve Cannon and Arthur Blank and the whole leader, Tim, the whole leadership there have done. They've created a venue that... Oh, the Falcons and Atlanta United play there, but so does so many other events. And they've done a great job to activate it, as well as State Farms and with the yeah. Braves. All these these teams, I give them credit. They've, they saw it coming, and new arenas, like you said, new stadiums, a blank canvas. And you have one shot to create it the right way, and they've, they've done it. And that, that makes you become a little bit record-proof. You could be struggling on the, on the field, but you know what? Um, 
Kendrick Lamar is coming the yeah. next next week. And it pads the pocketbook a little bit better to go out and go get better players and, and fill your salary cap, right? I mean, the Braves were never a high-spending team, and all of a sudden they built the battery in which they own this property, and all of a sudden that checkbook got a little bit looser with how they're, with how they're spending the money. They're going to be a top three or four team in the, in the league, but, but again— it's the chicken before the egg. They have the revenue there before they go out and spend recklessly, which usually shows future success. Some of the other teams go different routes, and they spend like crazy. The New York Nets uh, spend like crazy because they have a new arena, and then all of a sudden it's like, what just happened? Um, so, you know, I think it's a good point. I think let's talk a little bit about now. Let's get into some of the nitty-gritty. So I remember it was a year and a half ago, two years. I, I was lucky enough to get some of our floor seats for the Hawks, got to hang with Steve Coonan, and we were sitting there, and he was looking around. And he's like, man, this is a tough town. Just the amount of stuff that is here and the where you could spend your money. I mean, think about it. It might not just be a sports game. It might be whether you take your kids to Disney. There's so many ways to spend that hard-earned money, and you know, prices have gone up. So give us an example of some things you guys are doing at Tech to fight for that attention, to get people there, and how clients interact with that. Some examples would be fantastic, just of big clients that are really, even small clients that are really see those opportunities to get attention, and they're tacking themselves onto it. Well, you know, the, what I've learned too, coming from the pro um, side of it into the collegiate, is that you have that core base that it's alumni. You've been there. They're going to stick through it. They're going to they're going to love the good times. They're going to be mad about the bad times, but they're coming. And so, what I think we've with the institute have really created is a platform for non tech fans and. I'm not saying there's a moat around the campus, but it's right in Midtown. It's so easy to get to. And since I've been here, the first year was how many people just never went to a game? And yeah. maybe it was, how, how do I get into the, do I need yeah. a pass to get into campus? Is it is it like going to a, is it that expensive? And it's just education. And I think Georgia Tech Athletics has done a really good job, and I think we've helped, is to lower any kind of inhibition about the product and how taxing it could be on a family. And with that, going back to the boutiqueness, we approach every spot, potential sponsor partner differently. And it's not about, hey, this is what we can do for you, um, Lexus. Sure. But what can Lexus do for us? Yeah, you have to. And that's all partnership. And it's just like partnering here with the stations. It's not it, it's not a hey we're going to broadcast your game but we you know we've been in these meetings together and we say hey how can we create more buzz how can we create more partners who want to support the broadcast and what are we going to do can you can we bring can we do an on air show prior can we give giveaway are we going to have a concert we want people to know that it's not just you're going to come to the game and what we're just focused on it's a day event and you're going to enjoy yourselves you are not going to go home that day thinking oh my gosh I'm just light in the pocket. No, it's going to be affordable. It's going to be a great product from on the field to tailgating to the kids are going to have a good time with the giveaways and activities for them and just make it a, a true experience like you're in the city. Like you said, it's a power five yeah. institute in the middle of one of the biggest cities and those are rare to come by. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that's changed is, yes, the affordability, if that's what you want, is there. But what's really changed, and I'm going to talk Turner Field to, to Truist Park, if you want to spend money, 
there's ways to spend money. And it is a much easier experience from the valet at the Delta lot. Like there, it's everything for everybody. If you want to come in and you you were like, hey, I really want to just, I don't want to spend a ton of money. I want to be involved. There's something for you. If you want to come in and impress your 20 biggest clients, there's something for you. And I think that's what these stadiums have done a really good job of. I mean, back in the day, I mean, Shea Stadium was concrete in the middle of Queens. It was ugly all around. It was blue. It just was built for people to come in. I mean, they've, I'm sure they adapted suites and stuff like that. But nowadays, when these stadiums are being built, there's so much more in mind from, you know, again, from your front row to your student section, to your suites, to your media properties. I mean, it really is something for everybody. Um, you know, one of the things I always find fascinating, and, and JP, you and I are sports guys, right? Let's call it what it is, like watching games, enthralled, in, invested in it. Uh, but not everybody is. You know, even the most watched games, even the national championship, what, 30, 40 million people? I mean, that's not even that's not even eighth of the country. So there are so many other people out there. How do you reach those people? And I think one of the other things that's important is, you know, sports fans want that barrier to entry. It is intimidating to go to a college football game. It is intimidating to be about college football fans. I remember when I came to the Ole Miss game and the Ole Miss fans are walking through Bobby Dodd screaming nerds at the Tech fans. I mean, it, it's I was laughing. I thought it was funny because um, they're going to all be working for the Tech fans at someday because of... Anyway, uh, but I, I think it's just, you know when a new soccer team comes, the amount of non-sports fans that became United fans. I think it's really good to see those things. But at the same time, what what are you guys doing to make it more appealing to everybody? Again, I think information is important, and I think letting people know it's there. But I think also, you know, the events beforehand, um, you know, some of the tailgate stuff that you were doing to try to get the masses there. You know what? Maybe don't come in this time, but maybe come see the festivities before game so you're a little bit more comfortable. So I think that's a great point. Um, what else are you guys doing? What about your external messaging? Who? How are you going out to reach those people to get them involved in, in just the school as a whole? Yeah, it's it, it goes back to content. And that's the legends way as well as we want to through, you know, looking at the data and, and researching where those segments of people that aren't come to the game or had come but haven't come back. We're targeting content built to them to show them the experience. And it, it, my 17 year old and my 10 year old, they just soak in everything on their tablets from every social media platform. Sure. And we are, I think, doing a great job with the with Georgia Tech Athletics is to creating stories and informational um, videos that really show, hey, this is what we are, who we are, how accessible it is. And, 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 and it's accessible. You can get behind it. And there's so much more. Um, and you say the tailgating, right? It's the good weather, all, all that, but you can't count on that all the time. Because when if, you do count on it, it's going to be bad weather. It's going to be bad weather, and it's going to be terrible. <laughs> but but if you can show what's really behind the curtain and tell stories of players and tell stories of coaches and history, and they're compelling enough to pique someone's interest who has no interest in doesn't even know what a second down, third down is. I think that you're building that platform the best way. And you're also starting to hear from those people afterwards saying, that was great. This is what I want to see now. Makes it more personal. Too. Makes it more personable. And it makes it more of, it's not a sporting event. It's an event. And, you know, we get lost. I think the best thing I explained coming here to the battery to my wife, who I'm in sports, she does not care about sports, is I said, hey, come here. Let's go to a Braves game. And she's like, well, you know, baseball. I said, we well, don't understand what they built here. When we moved here, I said, 
they built stores, they've built concert venues, restaurants, bars, housing. Oh, and by the way, there's a baseball stadium you can go to the game. And it kind of intrigued her, right? And if you can message that correctly and, of course, produce that, which I think they've done here, um, you're going to get those non-sports people to take a peek. And the greatest thing about collegiate sports is football might not be your cup of tea. Well, there's basketball. There's For women's sure. basketball. There's a you know top ten team in women's volleyball. There's a top ten baseball team that if you that For baseball sure. stadium is the greatest view in the city. And I remember, right? Wasn't it? It was this year. You had four or five teams from Georgia that were in that tournament for 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 college baseball. I mean, there were Georgia teams. It was it is a power. It is a powerhouse for baseball for sure. And it's a powerhouse for women's sports. Yeah. And what we're seeing on in our world on the corporate side is companies want to get behind it because the stories are rich and compelling and they these you know a lot of these companies these brands you know these are the women who are making the decisions they're buying it for the household because they're the leaders for sure they're the leaders yeah and i think these are stories that have not been told unfortunately and i think that you see trends going that way and i think there's multiple reasons right i mean the the highest level male athletes are probably going to go on to the next level, and 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 there's just you you just know that they're going to be the the other things, but they're not necessarily relating to the masses. They're not necessarily that they they're not they're not in the in, in the general population. And I think one of the things about women's sports, especially things like volleyball, you know, those are people you want to employ your companies. If you were disciplined enough to be a collegiate volleyball player and you understand teamwork and camaraderie, you probably make a pretty good member of someone's company and workforce. And I think I've been told numerous times that that's the way people are starting to think is, hey, if we don't tell these stories and message these people, how do we think we're going to recruit these people to eventually work for us? So I think that's another line that's blending is now all of a sudden, like you said, recruitment, but it's recruitment. They want to work for these companies. Tech athletes, are they going to go on and work for tech companies? Probably. They're going to work in these companies. So I think as we diversify sports and I think women's sports come into it, I think it's going to further change um, how they go about doing these sponsorships. I also think NIL, um, you know, women's sports, some of the highest paid and most successfully engaged NIL deals are with female athletes for many, many reasons. One, they're better at social media. They have better social media followings. Uh, Two, they can just, for whatever reason, they have an easier time speaking the same language as people. Um, so t- talk a little bit about NIL because I think it's an important thing to talk about. I know the teams are starting to get involved. And right, one of the things that we were afraid of first was it was going all the money was going to go to the top. It was going to be the best five players, the best 10 players. And now they're trying to diversify down. Tell, talk a little bit about NIL and how some of those student athletes are getting their voices sp- out there and how you guys are using that, that space to kind of help these students um, get an advantage. All right, NIL, right, it's... Uh, it's- it's the ever-evolving, gray, exciting new thing in collegiate sports. And it's really, in a way, professionalizing um, student-athletes uh, in, in, in an above-table way. And it's interesting. We get a lot of requests from our partners, and we send those requests out to the, the, the various people, right? We, we, we kind of... We want to make sure that our student athletes are being heard and they have opportunities. But at the same time, uh, it's 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 giving our companies an opportunity to connect. Like we don't really get involved with that, but for us, it always enhances a relationship. But what I see, it's like you said, it's giving the student athletes a platform 
to really market themselves, not just on their sport, but going f- further and in, in the professional lives. And, and going back to that, you asked along, you, you asked at the beginning of this, what makes tech different? Talent acquisition. Companies come to Atlanta, look in the skyline because of Georgia Tech. And you hit it on the nose. Student athletes here go through rigors like students, and they're the best prepared to take that next step. As you can tell by the rates, you know, you look at the success rate and the and the the rate of employment for tech athletes nationally is on the top. Yeah. Their starting salary, it's at the top because their learning curve is small. And if they can be a, a power five athlete and graduate and get out, as they say, at tech, these companies know it's a home run. Yeah. So t- we can go into a, a conversation with a potential client and say, talent acquisition. Well, you can't do that in some colleges that are in a rural town and uh, in, in talking to a company about right. that. No, you can do it here because it's a city. And now you have the data to back that up. And we so have you have all this advanced data to create that point. And I think that's another big thing. You know, we're going from, and we've, we've dealt with this just at the radio station. When you take something from being an anecdotal conversation to being something that's backed up with pretty foolproof data, it's a really powerful moment. And, and I have to imagine that if you're talking talent acquisition and just that tech is pretty darn good at it. Um, so uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit broader about some of the b- biggest deals that JP's ever done and the relationships that went along with them. You are listening to the Marketing Mad Men. Don't miss the 10 for $10 produce sale this week at Safeway. Get select produce like large Haas avocados, mangoes, cucumbers, large lemons, green, red, or yellow bell peppers, or 16-ounce bags of Signature Farms baby peeled carrots for only a dollar each. Also this week at Safeway, select meats or buy one, get one free. Get items like Signature Farms 80% lean ground beef or 16-ounce containers of Jenny O 93% lean ground turkey, burger patties or Italian-style or taco-style ground turkey. Buy one, get one free. Visit Safeway.com for more great deals. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. We've had a great discussion today just about sports marketing and sports sponsorships as a whole. And what we're going to do now is I'm going to have JP tell some stories of some of the biggest deals because he was involved in some doozies. Um, and we're going to end with some tips on, on potentially what you could do. Because I also think, look, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be a Fortune 500 company. There is value in local companies, especially when you talk about these universities because they are parts of their communities. Um, so, so JP, talk, talk a little bit about some of the bigger deals, some of the deals with the Pels and the Saints, some of those multiple figure deals that involve a lot of moving parts. Um, Talk about them specifically and, and how those deals usually come together. Yeah, listen, they, they come together in so many different ways. could be a conversation from an owner um, in, to, to a CEO somewhere and a little education on the side of a basketball game. And really, Smoothie King, a, 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 a born Louisiana company, and it was sold. It was sold to uh, the Kim family of Korea. And how it came about was a conversation on – the floor of a Hornets getting into a Pell's game on the sideline between uh, the CEO of Smoothie King and a family member of the Benson family. And a conversation led to, I got a card on my desk, a business card. Hey, you might want to call this guy. And Smoothie King was, you know, we knew you have to do your homework, right? Yeah. And it's not just what they are, but who the owners are. Oh, yeah. Multinational is, it, it is always tricky. I mean, Kumo Tire here is a gamble of one, and they are they are very Korean in background and history and, and etiquette and, and everything. And now, l- luckily, 
basketball is just massive in Korea. And that was one of the advantages we had at the point. But yes, for sure. You have to know those things. That could derail a deal real quick if you don't know what you're talking about. And and, and you sure can. And and so we looked at the approach this way. There, uh, the owner, Juan Kim, and their their president were going to come in just for information. We're and the plan was let's let's just give them a little taste of what a partnership with the Saints would be and a little taste of the partnership with the Pelicans would be. And after we were doing our research and really I, I looked into the Korean culture and who the family was, you're always looking for a non-traditional category to make a big splash. Sure. You're not the auto. You're not the insurance. For you're sure. not the bank. And as long as you're not uh, FTX and crypto, because we know, right. we know that's well, how that's gone. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna just yeah move forward on that. Uh, the and and so we also did a presentation that I kind of kept under the table about what it would look like in your name and lights, knowing a little history of what the family has done in the past, and I think that was important to them. And to make how do you make the biggest splash? Well, and what's your goal? The goal was to expand. Smoothie King franchises by 35% within five years and go global. Love it. So you're talking B2B now. You're not, you're not necessarily talking people to buy smoothies. You're talking people to buy those franchises. You're talking about people to buy the franchises. And, um, you know, had a, a, nice relation, a nice meeting with them, uh, knew the Korean culture a little. So I, I think we, we, I stayed in step of what is important during a meeting and the mannerisms and, and the the honor of of having someone of that stature in your in your hop in your office in your house sure and um after brief kind of a description of what could do i i really said hey we i'd love to show you something and i hope you're not offended but honored by listening to what you want to be there's an opportunity here and i kind of read the room a little bit and and they they weren't offended. They were like, "Wow, we never thought about this either." And uh, you'd think that um, name and rights or any partnerships, you know, this it could be it could take a month, a year, two years, five years, five years, years right? Yeah, for sure. And this one was moving fast, and yeah. I was like, "Wow, this is going to be great." Uh, and then as we kind of came to a, a determination, we're going to move forward. I was excited. I brought it to the NBA, and they said, "Whoa." Did you know every ingredient that's in every smoothie that they produce? Like, ingredient? What's an ingredient? I don't know. We don't think there's anything bad, but there's rules in the NBA of what different things, you know, protein, this, that. You have to test them. What do you mean I have to test them? And how long is that going to take? Wow. So um, I think of the NBA as the most global brand. I would have thought that that the Korean ownership and coming in here would be would be something they would jump at just because they've been so so good at expanding the reach of the NBA. My it, goodness. It, it, it's you know for the brand it was a home run, but then you have to go through the rigors of the league, and so uh, we had to go through this process with Smoothie King, and I think that what that did was. Uh, months of testing everything that was in line with what the NBA guidelines were on nutrition and what oh student, wow. what what athletes are putting in their bodies, and what that did was it built a great relationship with us. That's that's incredible, and I think you know I'm just going to call it what it is. I think the David Stern to Adam Silver transition was was one of the best ever in sports, and I think those guys know what they're doing to say the least. But that that is something I would have never thought of for, to get to get in the way. I just would absolutely would not have thought that would be something that would potentially. And it's a story, and 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 we really wanted to show them that. Listen, in 16 months, the All Star Game's coming. 
The all-star game is coming to New Orleans. We get your name on that building. We tell the the, the narrative around That's that. The time. You're going to get eyeballs and people Googling, earn values, social media king. around it. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And that's one of the things you know. They talk about you know your your earned media. Um, that's another thing that's expanded, right? Because how are you going to make someone share something on social media? The team's got to be good. But All Star Game is a great example. Like, there's so much people converging on the city at that time. Um, and my my goodness, I what a town! What well, a town to do any kind of event like that in. What a town! I'll tell you a quick story about it. Is that All Star Game hits? Smoothie King signage is on there. It's everywhere. It's on TV. There's a man in, in Missouri who um, earns his money from investing in franchises. No idea what Smoothie King at halftime, what Smoothie King was at halftime, Googled it. A month later, he bought seven franchises in Missouri. Mission Ju- accomplished. There's just your ROI, that. Baby. There's your ROI. There's your ROI, baby. Now, it doesn't always work that way, but this in this case, it did. And, you know, Smoothie King's here. Smoothie King's everywhere. It's in the Middle East. It's in Europe. And... Uh, and it's a non-traditional category for sure. And that's that that that's the that, that is the story of Smoothie King. Um, and then I love it though because you know two years later you know their competitors are all over sports because it always works that way, right? You get that one barrier to entry broken down, and then Tropical Smoothie King they come right behind them. Who's right, next? Right in there. All right. So let's end with two things. One, why people get into sports. What is your thought on why people get into sports and why it works for them? As in companies. As in companies. You know, I I think that. Companies see the sexiness of it, right? They they see success stories of it. I do think there's caution still, especially these days, the marketing dollar, um, people are tighter. We learned that during COVID, right? Again, For we sure. go back to it's the first thing they cut. That's the budget. For sure. But if it's the right sport, and we always go back to the word data, if that um, reinforces the target that they want to expand, they're going to do it. And you know what? It's a good thing for them externally, internally for their employees. It's a great HR uh, tool as well. For sure. And they become part of the part of the family. And I think they like that. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I always tell people my big thing about sports is it's a grand unifier, right? It's not like politics. People in a Brave Stadium, in Georgia Tech Stadium, they are – in that moment, all cheering for the same thing. And that does not exist. It could also take somebody who was marginalized and bring them into – it is just such a pure thing. And and look, JP and I are in the industry. There's so much that goes into it that you turn your head and you're like, oh, my God. But realistically, it is in its purest form such a wonderful thing to be a part of. Um, speaking of that, in our last 30 seconds, we air tech games on the station sometimes. Give these tech fans some hope, man. What, what is, the, is the future – let's talk about the bright future we got. So I'll start, but there's no hope. It is great opportunity, Beautiful. and I think the future's bright. I love Brent Keys. I, I got a chance to spend some time with Coach. I think he's assembling uh, a wonderful uh, team, but, man, he's a tech guy. He knows what it takes, and he's just driven. And so on that football field next year, we're excited about it. We really are. Love it. Well, go tech and uh, go marketing madmen.
Don't miss the 10 for $10 produce sale this week at Safeway. Get select produce like large Haas avocados, mangoes, cucumbers, large lemons, green, red, or yellow bell peppers, or 16-ounce bags of Signature Farms baby peeled carrots for only a dollar each. Also this week at Safeway, select meats or buy one, get one free. Get items like Signature Farms 80% lean ground beef or 16-ounce containers of Jenny O 93% lean ground turkey, burger patties or Italian-style or taco-style ground turkey. Buy one, get one free. Visit Safeway.com for more great deals. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.